Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. O Adonai and ruler of the house of Israel, who appeared to Moses in the burning bush and gave him the law of Sinai, Come with an outstretched arm and redeem us. Amen. Well, we know as the third verse to the Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that you just sang, it's actually a paraphrase of the ancient antiphon for the 18th day of December. Every day and the week preceding Christmas has an antiphon, an intro assigned for it, uh, each of them based on one of the Old Testament names for Jesus. And the name for us to focus on, on the 18th of December and, and today, is, is Adonai, meaning Lord. And the Antiphon calls our attention to two events. First, God appearing to Moses in the burning bush. And second, when God gave the law, uh, the Ten Commandments, in cloud and majesty and awe on Mount Sinai. But if I were to read these passages to you in the original Hebrew, Adonai is, is not the word that's used. Uh, in all of our lessons, God calls himself eh yeah. We translate this as a verb, I am. What God is saying is that he is. There is nothing that he is not. There is no time that he did not exist. He is. In Hebrew, because there are no vowels, yeah, yeah, or eh, yeah, is where we also get the, the names Yehovah or Yahweh. But if you were Hebrew, you would never say this name because the name of God is too holy to even speak out loud. So if you were reading the scriptures and you came across eh, yeah, you would substitute another word, Adonai. It's in Exodus 3 that God first uses this verb, this name, for himself when he's speaking to Moses at the burning bush. When Moses asks, what is his name? What should I say to them? God says, I am who I am. Now, there's a false idea out there that God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, did all this stuff in the Old Testament. That Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, did all the work in the New Testament after he was born at Christmas. And the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, does all the work now since Jesus has ascended into heaven. This is absolutely false. Because Exodus records Moses' encounter with God like this. When Moses came to Horeb, the mountain of God, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in blazing fire from within a bush. Moses saw the bush was on fire, but the bush was not burning up. This is God speaking from within the bush. This is God who is the light in the fire. But this is not God the Father. This is God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, the pre-incarnate Jesus, although he wouldn't have the name Jesus until eight days after he was born. This is the angel of the Lord whom John the Apostle calls the light of 
God, the Word of God. And the word or the message that the second person of the Trinity has for Moses is this. I have certainly seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their cry for help because of their slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to deliver them. And so God does. Moses goes down the mountain, he goes back to Egypt. After ten plagues, the second person of the Trinity is the one who leads them out of Egypt in the pillar of fire. And after 50 days are, are past uh, Pentecost, they arrive at that same mountain, now referred to as Mount Sinai. And it's here that God's promise has been fulfilled. He had said to Moses at the burning bush, this will be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. Israel's arrival at Mount Sinai is proof that God, that the Son of God, has come down to save God's people from slavery. And on the basis of God fulfilling his promise, he now speaks ten words as they are referred to in Deuteronomy. But they're not actually numbered in the text of the Bible, which is why different churches number the Ten Commandments uh, different ways. And it's important to know that the Bible actually never calls the Ten Commandments the Ten Commandments. Rather, the, the Bible uses the, the, the word uh, devarim, the ten words. Because the first word is this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt when you were slaves. The first word of the Ten Commandments the ten words, is not actually a command at all. It's a promise. It's not law. It's gospel. It's a reminder of what God has done and what God ultimately intends to do. It's a reminder that salvation is God's work alone, not ours. Of course, naturally, like Israel, who immediately complained and, and, and said they would be better off on their own, we want to believe that we can actually keep God's law. And so we make salvation dependent on me and my works. This was the belief of the Jewish leaders in our gospel lesson. Many of them thought Jesus was a good man, but so were they. Others said, no, he deceives the people. They were the ones who had kept the law, or so they thought. So Jesus responds to them, Didn't Moses give you the law? Yet none of you does what the law tells you. Why are you trying to kill me? It's in these ten words that God shows us the way of holiness, of religion, of relationship to him. It's not our doing, but his. He speaks to us. He is the one who does the sanctifying, for no one could keep the Ten Commandments as God has intended. And that's the point. Just as Israel was slaves, when they were in slavery and captive to Egypt, so as St. Paul says, we are slaves to the law, prisoners under sin. 
so that by the promise, by faith in Jesus Christ, would be given to those who believe. Not only can we not carry out God's law, God's perfect law, but we feel the effects of it all around us. Whenever anyone doesn't keep the law, not only are there spiritual consequences, but there are natural consequences as well. And the world is a dark and evil place because of it. The law is a slave driver. The commandments exist to drive us to Jesus, to cry out to Jesus in our misery and in our suffering, to cry out in faith for help and deliverance. Faith alone, not how well we keep the Ten Commandments, is what separates us, what separates one who is saved or not saved. The only ones who would, could, and do what God commands are those who know and trust that they can't, but rather look to the Lord our God who brought us out from captivity and slavery. Because the only one who would, could, and did do what God commands is God himself, who is who he is. Eh, yeah. It was at the Festival of Tabernacles, or booths, that Jesus is at Jerusalem for, for, the, for the festival. The Festival of, of, of Tabernacles was the Old Testament festival celebrating the fact that, that God, including the second person of the Trinity, had dwelt with his people while they lived in tents or booths in the wilderness around Sinai. God was with them in the tabernacle. It celebrated the fact that the second person of the Trinity was himself the pillar of light that led the people through the wilderness, that God was the one who saved them and who promised to one day save them eternally. And in recognition of this, by Jesus, they, they had actually erected a 75-foot-high lampstand at the temple courts. And that would be lit during the festival. Now, I got a little scared standing on the 20-foot ladder out here to put up Christmas lights. <laughs> Can you imagine climbing a first-century ladder that's seven stories tall, with a jar of oil strapped to your back that you'd have to pour into the top of this lampstand. I don't think I could do it. But it's during this festival, with this 75-foot lamp lit, the Jews are supposed to be commemorating the fact that God, eh, yeah, I am, who was with them in the burning bush and who was in the pillar of fire, that God dwelt with them and saved them, but they're so caught up in their own works and their own ability to keep the law of Moses that they fail to recognize that God has again come down to dwell with them and to save them forever. So a little while later, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus is clear that he is the I am, eh, yeah, without beginning and without end, who spoke to Moses from the burning bush. He is the one who led the people out of slavery in Egypt. He was the one who dwelt with them in the wilderness, whose voice they heard from the mountain. He has come down 
to dwell with his people, and not just temporarily, temporarily like he had done in the wilderness, but forever. It was at Christmas when this light was born into the world. As we hear every Christmas morning from John's Gospel, the real light that shines on everyone was coming into the world. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. God has indeed heard our cry for help. God was aware of our suffering and is aware of our suffering. God himself has come down to save us. And he continues coming. He comes, he advents to us continually in his word, including even in the ten words and all throughout scripture. He comes to us humbly in word and sacrament so that we may be joined to him to dwell with him forever, to ever be free from sin, from death, and darkness. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height, in ancient times didst give the law, in cloud and majesty and awe. O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Amen.